Hello and welcome to When Will It End? We are at the beginning of a new series, and mm, can you smell it in the air? It's that stench. It's that freaking people stench. Of freaking, it God. smells so bad. I hate Sometimes it. Sometimes I feel like it's inside of me. It's definitely inside of you, Charles, yeah. for sure. Dude, I... It's really fun to start a series where literally everything has been said about something, and you're just sort of left to, like, marvel at it. You know you, what I mean? Like we're not. No we, one's. I'm not going to read trivia for this. It's the Matrix. No, you um. People know you about didn't the Matrix. You want to do this? Well, it's a little like. Uh, you, you ever seen the freaking documentary about that guy? He do, he does the free solo. Hmm. I and, think so. Wait. And we're like, why he do? Wait. There's the French one about the guy who climbs no between gives a buildings. Shit. That's a really Starring good the, the documentary Joseph is Gordon good, Levitt. but the movie is better. Hey, my name is. Joe. I am going to walk across into the hills. Uh, I know you're going to cape me for this, but we do talk about the p- plane day every once in a while on this podcast. And one thing, you know, I've seen this movie fucking 30, 40 times. It just sunk in that 9-11 didn't happen in the Matrix world. Yeah, you notice that uh, in Matrix Manhattan, there's still the Twin Towers. Yeah. Or at least they seem to have been around until the machine revolution. It's so confusing because that wasn't real. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, your eye. So Josh had... I have, Josh just had a I, bit I'm of not trying month. to make a thing out of it. I just I'm not sure what happened there. I'm gonna put some more drops in. I think. Okay, Josh. Um, you know, I'm not a cat guy. I, Don't oh, make oh, this my god! You oh, picked up the mic. I was just getting starting to talk about how much I hate cats, and he couldn't even. Uh, Josh will probably tell the story better than I, but uh, he, he got. I mean, most of you even know it. You got a yes, chunk. It happened to me. He had a chunk it taken out. to me. That's Josh, sometimes, why I can sometimes story you need a little outside perspective. My cat hit me in the eye, and I was like, okay, both my brothers have gotten corneal abrasions. I bet I have a little scratch on my eye. Not great, but I'll go to bed. I'm a man. Mm-hmm. I'll wake up, and it'll be fine. I, I've had a few of those where you think it'll just go away the and next day. listener, it doesn't. <laughs> the chunk did not go. I mean, it yeah, went away. So I call over, you know, my... My dad's a doctor. My mom's a nurse practitioner, or whatever they are. They're look. They're just meat magnets plugged into a huge field of uh, sure. energy generation. But in our simulation, right there, in this whatever ge- generation of the Matrix we're in, Fred is a wound clinician meat bag. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a public radio meat bag. Charles is a social media <laughs> manager. Hey, I like to consider myself more of a wanderer meat bag. <laughs> Yeah, going across the scorched earth with your little nutsack. <laughs> um, so small. And uh, so I had my dad, and my mom look at it. They're like, "Yeah, you've got a." You can, they they made it out like you've got yes, you have a corneal abrasion, which is a very general term for part of your cornea. That's the colorful ring around the. It's the interesting Wait, butthole, really? like the the dark butthole ring around the. What's the iris? That's different. It's a different. I know what is cells it? I always get that confused. I'm not an ophthalmologist, I, though. I've met a nice one, and I can now recommend he's you. He's a good artist too. An art. Fuck, I can't. I got nothing. An artist. No, he's not. He just looked through a thing. Yeah, but he drew that beautiful picture for you. No, oh, that was no, the, that's ER the ER. Okay. Anyways, I go to the ER. Long story short, there, uh, my my doctor, and I, this is the verbiage he used. There's a chunk missing out of your cornea. Awesome. He drew. Look, it's always flattering when someone. <laughs> depicts you in art you know what i mean yeah it's you know it doesn't happen to me very often and i'm not talking about caricaturists because they just oh charles you like dogs and they draw you next to like as a dog dog. oh oh, sorry i haven't done that in a while i would love to see a photo of you as a dog i'm imagining a dalmatian for some reason or a great dane really i go big you think of me as a big dog well because you're you're skeletal but tall yeah that's true but i don't know i feel like we watch football, watch Survivor. Whenever, bum, 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 uh, whenever the big man goes down, it's I, I I definitely have body issues. I've been dealing with my whole life, but like I've come to terms with certain parts of that phobia and weird feeling, but also I will never feel comfortable being a big man falling over. I just feel like you're just gonna like a horse or a big dog, you're just gonna get shot after you fall over. Hey, uh to quote uh my friend and yours, Jimmy Cliff, the harder they come. Mm. How do they fall? And yes, just to address this at the top of the podcast, if you jack off in the Matrix, you come in real life. Really? Yeah. It's like a wet dream. In a way. 
Yeah. You wow. can't come without your mind, Neo. <laughs> Not true. Your body knows. Your body knows. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. So there's a, uh, my cat essentially removed a chunk of my fucking cornea. Uh, it's gotten a lot better, but uh, mm-hmm. my my left eye is still kind of being a, a little bit of a cipher on me and surprising really? right and left with uh, flashes of agonizing pain. Well, good the, thing your right eye's around the tank of them all. Yeah. Who's like, no, fuck you, uh, I. You're uh, going to get Cypher Eye. Uh, long story short, I'm, I'm, I'm putting now uh, a mixture of antibiotics and fake tears into my left eye, which, much like a freaking... Look, the body is a crazy-ass machine. You ever mm. think about this shit? It's so you were crazy. talking about this earlier. Soft machine. I, was in, I drove out to Northampton because, like, Charles knows me, and we're similar in this way. I Basically, no one was letting me drive for, like, two and a half days. <laughs> They're like, you lost part of an eye, so you shouldn't drive. And, of course, me being me, I was like, I can do it. It's fine. So the second I got cleared to drive a car by myself, I drove off to buy you CDs. Because, look, we live in a hellscape. We right. all need a little. Look, yeah, Charles, man. what did you offer me when I came in to record? I offered you a little bit of the old brown. Right. And, and, and look, does Charles need a bit of the old brown every now and then? A little uh, a little yeah. uh, baby juice in the yeah. human battery machine? Yeah. Look, if we were the rubbits, we would have it so that a nice bit of the brown and the cigar. So it, rather than being the the, the sludge dumper, um, the that's like that's what I call my butt. <laughs> yeah, uh, it would be just the brown. You know the the gruel that they eat. Yeah, the goop. God, if I were a, a robot in the Matrix, I would just make. I would be the same, but it would just be just the brown slipping. Down. I would love to see you in the Fuck. Nebuchadnezzar. You'd be like, it's actually like fine. I'm I'd be actually fine in the. Nebuchadnezzar. I don't. Everyone's like. Some people seem to be really upset about. I, it's actually okay. I mean, I as much as I love Cypher, we're going to get into it. How I am have I'm I'm going to I still have no idea who gets the MVP. This movie is perfectly cast, perfectly yeah. acted. Perf- I mean, maybe not perfectly scripted, but the other two things make the script, which is a little overbearing, perfect. But, but you know, watching it this time, like what we were trying to say from the beginning of this episode is that as much as we make fun of Star Wars. Like and how irritating it is to approach Star Wars. It's irritating to approach Star Wars because it's a fucking mess. Right. It's it's, a, it's a disaster from start to finish. Right. Bad. And this truly is something that has become so fused to all aspects of culture that it's a, it's a little difficult to approach it with anything other than like awe. But watching it this time, even the things that you could describe as flaws in the movie are really kind of just make you love it more. Yeah, because it isn't they this it austere right. temple that you worship in. It's an extremely like if you like movies, this is a fucking greatest hits collection of all of visual art and filmmaking until the turn of the century. Yeah. So, I mean. Dude, the, the things- fucking Sergio Leone the thing is just like it's so spot on at times where it's just like, no, this is fun. This isn't trying to do like the other left thing. Like, what, why? I'd love to know the trivia of like why that's in this movie. It's like, go left. No, Neo, your other, like, he's the one and he doesn't know his rights from his left. It's just like, there's enough of that throughout the entire movie that when there's the 40 minute sequence where we learn what the Matrix is and it's nonstop exposition, it's just like, they do it in a way that is still palatable, fun. Like, I've seen this movie so many fucking times, and I relish that moment as much as I relish the final 40 minutes from the helicopter on. Yeah, like- and you're talking about the casting. In a movie like this, like, the load has to be distributed equally to, to able-bodied people, so to speak, in this very tortured metaphor, or else... Yeah, it's, you're already being ableist. I know, I what take it that? back. Can we start over with yes, a different one? different one. Everyone has to be able to do their thing Can we to do the dump best trucks? of their ability. Let's say dump trucks. Let's say you got a fleet of dump trucks. Yeah. Okay. Great. But they're all a little different. They're all slightly different in their own way. And, you got them used. No better or worse than a next dump truck. Just different. Right. That's fine. Yeah. No one's better or worse than my dump truck fleet. <laughs> so okay. You're, but you're saying y'all need to carry the weight of Y'all trash. need to carry the weight. Because, yeah. look, a movie like this, we talk a lot about movies where you have to learn a bunch of rules. Mm. And some people live for that, and like every time a new fantasy or sci-fi series comes along, all they seem to want to do is learn a shit ton of oh new my rules. God, God right? Fuck. So th- that concept, like, unless you're dealing with reality itself, it's basically really irritating to have to learn all the rules. Right. This movie 
makes you eat your vegetables in the most fun way and the most interesting and compelling and like vegetables are fun josh well look here's what i'm saying i have a plant-based diet mummy would steam broccoli when i was a kid yeah that's a mummy thing to do yeah yeah. She would take a crisp, sweet, fun, oh my God. interesting-looking, colorful vegetable and then turn it into, like, the grayest, least flavorful, mushiest right. version What is even it. the texture on there anymore? Bad. Yeah. Just wet, fibrous chunks, kind yeah. of. It's not Ugh. good. This movie is a fucking Pollock paneer. This is, like, fucking sure green does. simmered with coconut milk and star oh. anise and fennel and... And 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 lovingly cooked to a velvety finish, and and drizzled over rice and freaking fresh naan. Wow. It's great. I'm you're hungry. getting. They give you your vegetables, but you're like, oh shit, I might like vegetables. Right, as everyone should. Yeah, I hate that expression. And mom, if you're listening, she's not I never listening. Fu- I never like the steamed broccoli. Who does? It's such a no British one likes way to, to deal with broccoli. I yeah. feel like. I mean, you're French, so I'm sure, like, the French thing is, like, you hollow out the sparrow and fill it alive with... I think you just put snails on it. <laughs> yeah, snails. Or frogs or some bullshit. Yeah, alligator cum. Oh, wow. That's... We don't... Um, kid, that's the Cajun version. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is there a Pittsfield restaurant where you can get <laughs> yes. frogs and alligator oh, cum? Oh, who lands? Yeah, they just ladle it. Uh, I've never so, been. So, I, I said I wasn't going to do trivia, but as you can see... Tick, tick, I'm doing a little bit of research. They they or the original Where? name How? the original you got name the brown is brown in one hand and microphone in the other. In my are mind, you, are you, you're tapped in. Wow. Oh, the, so the, cool. the original title was the mayor of Slappy Town: colon, How I Made It Big in the Big City, and you can too. <laughs> but they, they were like, you know what? It's, it's too what? long. It's too long. That's what was wrong with it. Yeah, because originally it was like Neo. You are the mayor of Slappy Town. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to make it big in the big city. And then he's like, whoa, I'm the mayor of Slappy Town. That's cool. But subsequent, so you, subsequent re- rewrites and pressure from the studio. Warner Brothers. Oh, God. You've heard you were me just go dumping off on, on the bros. Yeah. You're doing one of those things, which I think is mostly you just making stuff up in your head about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. About like, Nolan. That studio's the bad one. <laughs> well, no, I'm just, I'm just, here's, the, we've, I've already talked about it, but I'm very excited for the new Nolan movie when it's not from Warner Brothers. I feel like they've corrupted him after Dune. I feel like they corrupted Denis. Like I just feel like Warner Brothers is is the plague. You know, it seeps in and it just turns good art into. But that said, if you see the police, what Warner Brother? Remember those shirts? No. What if are you they talking said, about? Oh god, this shows how fucking incredibly, <laughs> incredibly white Maine is. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was like, like uh, their shirts. They say, if you see the police, Warner Brother. It's oh, the WB Warner logo, brother. but Warner Brother. Warn a brother. It was one of those like you know, there's sort of like shirts that sweep through the big graphic T world. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. like an iconic one. Okay, yeah, I st- yeah. that was like at a Spencer's maybe. You could get uh, one of those at a Spencer's. Possibly at a Spencer's. I never went to Spencer's. Isn't that funny? How like I remember. It's funny. Like, we're old now mm. because freaking societies. Look lo- to borrow a word from our friend Tank. Loco. It sure is. Okay. Yeah, they're wearing big pants again. The they're wearing big pants on? again. Listen, kids, oh I love God. you. Do your thing. The big pants. I don't mm, like it. Mm, mm, but you know what? I've, I haven't seen a kid in ages, so I just, you know. I'm, oh, I'm today, uh, uh, Allie was driving me to the ophthalmologist mm-hmm. to look at my freaking mutilated Junk. eye. Yeah. Uh, my crater covered, my pockmarked fucking mm. orb. And uh, these teens were on lunch break, or as I now understand it, uh, COVID nineteen test break. Except like walk over to the testing center because twenty twenty one, baby, man, we're gonna miss this year. It was a good one. Uh, the, the dumpster these teens, fire. Oh, it's a freaking dumpster fire. Yeah, oh, that's what started. I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean, you might for Halloween, we're both going as dumpster fires. God, that's gonna be fun. Wait, yeah. I thought we were going as. Uh... No, you and Amy should go as that's right. gender swapped. Because what's, what's even the point of that, of gender? Right. What is gender? Great question. You didn't answer that in The Matrix. No. No, but maybe one day. Well, I feel like in, in, in... Here's the thing. I remember what happens in the second movie, but I'm really, really, really excited to see it. <laughs> this, is this the greatest series opening movie ever? I mean... Yeah, because I don't know that it... I how mean, the fuck do you maybe not... Are you sh- dying to find out? I know what happens. I'm dying to find out. Oh, that's interesting because... Oh, yeah, we're having... Even, we're going to ask the question later. And it's going to be an interesting one because I, I haven't done the trivia research, but I don't know if this was. Do you know if this was always intended to be a franchise? I don't know. Because I mean, me I this, feel like it has to have been deliberately constructed as such. You think so? Because to me, this feels like a perfect standalone movie that 
could then also be turned into a franchise because it tells a story. It's not like the end of this movie. I mean, you can say, oh, what's going to happen next? But ultimately, this is a story about a white scared loser becoming a badass punk. Hold on. Well, first off, Keanu Reeves, is he's not white. That's true. But it, he, they he, call he, him white. He plays white. Well, I think he plays a white on, person. I think the guy's movie. saying the, the fucking very cool guy with the hot girlfriend with the white rabbit tattoo. Yeah. I think he's saying he looks paler than normal. Yeah, I think he's. I. Th- I mean, the. I mean, I'm probably way off, but I mean, the fact Uh-oh. that this is a very diverse movie coming out in the fucking '90s, I think he's a meant to be white. No, he's definitely. And I mean, then he learns like, playing, oh, yeah. there are power structures that I'm inherently a part of that I need to fight against. I love this read. Yeah, this is a punk movie. I remember when this movie came out, everyone was like. Oh, Bible verses and, and no, no, but Lewis it's, Carroll. It's also very yeah. Christian. Like I mean, it's, it's certainly it's many is. things. But for me, it's but, very but the, punk. That's why, like you know, just because we're two jack offs sitting in your home office that you know has movie posters, and we're, we're sipping a bit of the brown, and mm. you're wearing a craft brewery hoodie, and you're wearing, wearing a, Bill's a, hat. A, a Bill's hat. We're just pieces of shit. So <laughs> yeah. I would say goals and anything else. But while we're sitting here swirling a bit of the brown, I mean, this basically this movie is sort of like a summation of the 20th century, like basically because you know it very much is drawing from the Bible and Blade Runner and like and oh yeah, fucking, like every well that has been constructed, they're drawing very deeply. From. Yeah, but I think for me, ultimately, they never really like. I remember there were books about this shit. Like people are like looking up Bible verses. Oh my god, the Nebuchadnezzar was Mark three fourteen. Hold on, like, the Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was a Babylonian king, right? From but the it, Old Testament, so don't be no, no, no. It but there's a sign for your goyasha ways. No, but on the sign that says this is the Nebuchadnezzar, and then it says like the classification is a Mark three fourteen. I just remember this shit. People are like reading that Bible verse. And we're in the fucking. We're gonna do this next year, probably. Hopefully. Um, but in Mission Impossible, in the very like the first one, there's that John. I don't know. There's a huge, extensive like plot point about Tom Cruise finding the Bible first. I think that was just like a '90s thing. The most De Palma insert shot of all time is Tom Cruise pulling out a leather bound Bible. Yeah, the sideways opening. Bible. Yeah. Oh my God. yeah. But I, know, I just I what I love about this movie, where I could watch it over and over again, is like they throw all these references in there. There's fucking. Uh, Wizard of Oz and they do the all kung fu shit. whoosh noises when yes. people move. Sometimes they do anime. anime. It's so funny to watch this to watch Speed Runner, which again we Race. it was mind blowing to watch Tank do the he's the one. When, right. I, when I turned to you, I was like, holy shit! Yeah. They, they note for note do that again in Speed Runner, and the moment makes me cry in Speed Racer. Runner. Why do you keep calling it Speed Runner? What's it called? Speed Racer. Speed Racer. He doesn't run. I think in our world of the podcast, we did a lot of maze running. That's true. And you can watch um, old people beat Mario in like a one minute. Yeah. That's speed running. Or young people. It really, speed running, you ever watch the Summoning Salts, the YouTube channel? No. Nope. Uh, that guy does the like uh, the history of, of speed running games. Yeah. So that's different than Speed Racer. You're right. And I was wrong. I want to apologize to the Wachowskis. I Thank want to you. apologize to Emil Hirsch. I think... I think he's still in jail, so... What about that monkey? Can you apologize oh, to that I would monkey? very much like to apologize to the monkey and his little boyfriend. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to Susan Sarandon. I'd like to apologize to John Goodman. Yeah. And most of all, the creators of Speed Racer... You almost had to start this know, whole so charade over again. Uh, you guys, I've never seen the actual cartoon, but I'm sure it's great, and I'm sorry I called it Speedrunner. Yeah, and it's not really a car. Is it? A- yeah, I guess it was a cartoon. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, a- it's anime. Yeah, but anime is a kind of cartoon. I guess. But yeah. would you call a square a rectangle? If it is, yeah. I mean, it is, but you call it a square. I understand that, but I'm yeah, not wrong. So anime. I mean, you can call I'm it. I'm not a cartoon. technically wrong. No, but- I'm not technically wrong. No, but you're not telling the full picture. I'll show you the full picture of what reality. No. Bum, bum, bum. No, I mean this movie's just got it all. I don't. It's 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 weird to remember life before this movie. Oh my god, we so we watched we started this whole fucking podcast watching Shrek. And yeah, in Shrek of all things, there's a fucking mate. Like Matrix was not only was everyone trying to decipher the Matrix, they were trying to use it in everything. And I think that's what this rewatch really stood out was that we don't make cool movies anymore. Movies are just not cool anymore. 
And I don't, I don't know if that's, no, that's crazy. I don't agree with that at all. I don't know, man. I don't find like if you're comparing this to like a Marvel thing or like nothing. No, it's but this is not like this is a an R-rated science fiction. Movie. No, but I'm just saying like a franchise, a big franchise from this era. Like what's cool? Like this from start to finish, from the opening shot of this movie to the end, like it's cool to look at. People do cool shit. It's yeah, just fucking so cool. Those uncut gems. Okay, yeah, that's Howie true. is Neo for Jews. <laughs> And like yeah. Jews, when shot, he dies. Well, that's it. Oh, that's right. But I mean, oh, spoiler: how he gets shot at the end of uh, Uncut Gems. It's been it's been a few years. We went through a whole lockdown period. If you didn't watch it, then I don't know what's wrong with you. I watched it then. Yeah, I watched it again. Yeah, but I mean, so if Jesus is Jewish, do you think that Neo's Jewish? Um, I think he's like an Old Testament guy for that world of the Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a hacker guy. Sure. So it's like they're oh, essentially yeah, like, within the matrix. He's using an antiquated, comparatively primitive language of. So there's a sort of an old world, new world thing. Mm-hmm. But I, look, I'm not ready for that conversation. No. I, don't, I don't know if Neo Jewish. Probably no. not. Neo. Uh, it's weird how much we take for granted Keanu Reeves and in, in this performance. Yeah. Because in yeah. a way, like, yeah, I feel like we all have to have like a collective blind spot about Keanu Reeves because if you think about his career, I mean, talk about a before and after moment for his career. He had a really weird nineties, right? I mean, he's in Bill and Ted. He's yeah. in point break. He's yeah. in that really weird Francis Ford Coppola Dracula movie, which mm-hmm. I still need to rewatch. Cause I think I saw it on TV when I was a kid and I was just completely perplexed by I've it. I've never seen it. Uh, well, famously one? people were like, this guy's a fucking joke. He can't act at all. Yeah. People hate him. Well, yeah, people were like, he's just a pretty face and he can't really act at all. Yeah. I and then this know. comes out and it's sort of like, oh, no, he's now like perpetually. And then, of course, he had his own weird little dip in the last 10 years. And then John Wick brings him back up. Yeah. He's the return back. of John Wick. We get Josh, Bill and Ted in the Matrix. Yeah. Fire away. Um, are you, I mean, may pretend you're Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Are you thinking you're back now that your career is different? Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Okay. That's an interesting way to say it. You know, people have been asking me, Charles. <laughs> it's my Jack Nicholson doing <laughs> John Wick. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's back. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. Yeah. Uh, he did the, he was in that Nicholas Winding Refn movie. He was also in. That no one saw. Yeah. He was in that movie where he played that, the. Uh, that Eli Roth movie. Hmm. Where he plays the, 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 the guy who goes to hang out with like, the young girls and they like kill him. Like knock knock or something. I've heard of this. I know he, he had a weird. Then then I saw fucking what's is it thirty seven Ronin or whatever where he's that 40, bad guy forty seven. I don't. I misjudge that by ten. Yeah, there's ten more of those little guys Fuck. running around. That movie's really weird. I saw that. Yeah, it wasn't. Not I good. really wanted to love that movie, and it was fine. And that, was that him? Yeah. I, okay, that was that was like he conceived it. He did it all. Not a very good movie. No. It's cool to see him play against character. You think that's against character? He plays a bad guy in that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so good. Right. I mean, it's, it's, I, that's all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing I remember is that he's a bad guy. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is this. This movie, like, in a way, is both seared into the fucking minds of everyone who experienced... I remember in The New Yorker, the drawing of... Like, you know, New Yorker, it's a magazine for smart people, mm. not for dumb Yeah, the, so even the pictures are... are even the pictures are smart. smart. Dum-dums, be, like, they read, like, ooh, uh... Right, we need Kathy going, ack, ack, Henry Cavill went to the restaurant, and all the girls went, ooh, Wait, and listen, honey, if I was there, I would have done it too. You would have gone, <laughs> Do you think his his uh, forearm reloading thing is the coolest pre-fight thing since Hugo Weaving does the neck crack? Because watching it this time, let me ask you this. This movie is chock full of iconic moments. It's oh a God. little crazy yeah. how you're like, there's no way there's like eight more unforgettable, indelible moments in culture. And there's like a million more. Yeah. They don't make a meal out of some of these things. Like in in, in my memory, I think everyone's like, like all day I was doing whoa, I know kung fu. Which one is just I know kung fu? And two, no one's really making a meal out of it. No, it's, it's basically the Admiral Akbar. It's like I've, there must be a term for right, this. If you rewatch Star Wars, he goes, <clears throat> uh, "Hey guys, I think this might be a trap." I'm between you and me. This is, and I'm a fucking squid guy. Squ- yeah. You know me? Yeah, and I'm more. Yeah. I was I was sitting in the chair over there. Well, yeah, I'm over here now. I think it's a trap. Yeah. I'm honestly pretty convinced it's a trap. But all Take the it. memes are going. <laughs> he doesn't do it. I'm sorry to talk about Star Wars, but he doesn't. He goes, it's a trap. Yeah. And in the same way, here's just like, I don't know, Kung Fu. Right. 
Or like, you know, it, it's just so funny because like I remember the neck crunch as a kid being like the most riveting thing a human had ever done. No, but now that I do it every day because I'm falling apart and yeah. 30 whatever. Yeah, like I crack my neck. Actually, I think I did like a push up the other day to be like, I don't work out ever. And then my back hurt for two days and yeah. I don't crack my neck anymore. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. Being in your 30s rocks. <laughs> it's good. Now, if I have, like, acid reflux, I can't even plank in the morning because I might vomit. Mm-hmm. Man, we should plank right now. <laughs> I don't think we should. We're I drinking a bit of the brown in your personal office. That's true. Here, workout tip for you. Yeah? Don't drink bourbon before planking. What if you used it as, like, one of those birds that dips their nose in the water and then goes back up? What if you did, like, used it as a perpetual motion brown? Because it, it would not be a perpetual motion brown. That's not possible. Yeah. It could help. Let me ask you this. Okay. I had forgotten, or maybe I was always too much of boy and not much of man when mm-hmm. I watched it in the past, but both Cypher and Agent Smith, I found incredibly sympathetic this time. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to get there. Like, the Animatrix definitely goes back to the history and shows that humans suck. Like, humans suck. And I think that's what's cool about this start. It's, it is like, a, you were talking about you were a boy. This movie feels like the boy waiting to grow up into what we all know as two more weird movies that I don't know if they're very good, but I love them. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I guess like because this is the start of a series and a series again, so overarchingly powerful in our culture that we've seen all these movies. I would say, I think I've seen the second one the most more than the first one. Yes. Oh. I got this. I got the matrix, uh, reloaded on DVD as a kid nice. because well, first off, I want to go back. I was talking about the drawing of the of bullet time in the New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that thing where, and I'd love to hear examples in your life. I remember vividly three things described to me before I saw them that are now just so ubiquitous that it's impossible to go back. I remember the description of Pokemon, Whoa. where I was like, "It's a video game," so I pictured an arcade booth. Yeah. And you throw balls at monsters. So I was imagining like monsters going back and forth, kind of yeah. like Space Invaders, right? right? Or Duck Duck Hunt, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Then I remember Harry Potter, where someone's like, "Oh, is this uh, is this orphans a wizard?" And I had like, <laughs> you know, described Harry Potter as an orphaned wizard. I guess so. That's literally his whole I thing. Know, what a boring. What, way okay, to... list things about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, he's an orphan wizard. One British British lives under the stairs, governor. Orphan in it. Orphan right. in it. God. Anyway, everyone wants to be an orphan. I right. Like. I remember seeing like the cover to the first Harry Potter book when people were like, oh, people love this. You know what I mean? Like mm. before it was whatever. And then I do remember like looking at a drawing of Bullet Time in the New Yorker that my parents so were reading. Funny. I want to find that. This guy, this this little black and white drawing of someone in a weird. Well, again, at the time, an outfit that looked very BDSM and very like yeah. crazy. So many straps and harnesses and the black and. And that drawing and 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 an explanation of bullet time in writing because I was nine when this came out. I did not see this in theaters. Yeah, I so I I'll I'll segue just briefly into my DVD collection. This was one of the first five DVDs I owned. Is this the DVD corner music? Okay. Yeah, I, was, I became a part of the Columbia Movie House Record Club, and this was like forty nine cents. I got it in ninety. This came out in ninety eight, right? Ninety nine, my friend. This came out in ninety nine. That's why there's that whole podcast just about the year ninety nine okay. movies, which admittedly, I mean, to point out the obvious, the fact that this and Fight Club came out come out in the same year. Wow. T- two movies that had like such an outsized impact on the psyche of young people. Yeah, it's very odd. And the fact that we talked about you, you were talking about nine eleven earlier. Two movies that like have depictions of like right corporate. You know, when we think of like you know the the ultimate monument to American empire and capitalism as like Wall Street and. You know, world trade. You know, it's two very weird depictions of those concepts and of yeah. reality shattering, mm. re- revolutionary attitude, building shattering. But yes, okay. So, you, you, so yeah, my uh, I was not allowed to see it in theaters. My dad would not let me, but he would let me buy it. And he was like, we, "Lawrence Fishburne's a Jew." I just know. <laughs> you think so? I don't think so. No. Uh, and he he let me buy it on DVD, and we watched it together. So this is like. Did he was he like holy shit, dude? Holy shit! What if we're in the fucking Matrix? 
No! <laughs> I wish that was his response. I don't even. I don't think I want to go into his response. It's embarrassing. Listener, if you can guess what from the hours you've heard about Charles's dad, I'm assuming yeah. he didn't like it. He did not like okay. it. Okay, well, let's save um, ten minutes of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. but um, I remember like if we have to pad out later. I'll, just I'll talk, ask you to you get can into go. Your father's. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll talk in my basement about my dad again. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll throw it right in here. Uh, I remember just I mean, watched this on a fucking seventeen inch like CRT four to three aspect ratio TV for the first time. The way it was meant to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Remember the old DVD players where they were essentially like tiny, awful laptops, but the drive would be like. I never had worrying away and getting hot. Like it, it was yeah. really man. That was no, we got tech. a Daewoo. That was our first one. It was silver. I got it because it was hackable. I was my my own little Neo in Falmouth. I put in the code and that I could buy DVDs from Japan and the UK. It's exciting. I, I guess, yeah, yeah. So I I just I remember like immediately loving this movie, and I don't think I understood it. Like I wasn't you know, a little punk. Not at all. And I wasn't waiting to become one. I don't, I think I just liked it because it was cool and violent. And then I think it's really taken a, like lots of, not lots of rewatches, but by the third time I watched it, it was like, oh, this is, this is like a, a really fun statement about why America sucks. Well, it's definitely like a, a revolutionary movie about finding agency and autonomy in a system that seems designed to grind every last. I guess like, watching this twenty-two years after it came out, it's like it's still violently relevant in in a way that, like, certainly as the natural world crumbles around us and the very system that, like, I don't know if you follow this thing going around the last uh, couple days, but like there was a. Uh, you know, uh, this event, I think, I want to say South Dakota, there was a, there was something where they were like, these uh, high school teachers, like, uh, dug through dirt to, fight, to, to battle over dollar bills to see who could collect the most dollar bills for their class. Wait, what? It was like Someone an event buried... to, to, like, we're going to give $5,000 to five class. Like, Are they going to make them dig through the earth to get to it? It was like a survivor-like challenge. Wow. But the point is that, like, we literally grind the humanity out of yeah. like it's a very bad world we live in. It's extremely bad. It's bad. I, I don't want to reduce all this to like our general vague uh, left wing annoying guys anti capitalism thing. There's a lot of different things that work together, and the fact that something in this movie that I don't I'm, I don't think I'm qualified to uh, deliver an impromptu treatise on, but obviously the 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 fascinating combination of technology as the human Ouroboros that inevitably leads to the destruction of humanity versus technology, the revolutionary means of reasserting identity and reclaiming agency in that self-same system. I think that's sort of like the most, that's the most fascinating part of the meta story here. Yeah. Because it's, it's not really resolved in this at all, which I think is so interesting. Yeah, no, that's why I love this movie as a standalone. Um, I think this movie really is that perfect sort of just gift to the mind where, you know, you don't like Neo flies away and then rage against the machine plays. Like that's how you end a fucking movie. And that's how you end a story. Like, I don't care really what he does next. And honestly, from the reviews and and critical reactions, like I don't think most of America ended up caring what happened after this one. A friend of mine who I might listen to the pod. Yes. I think he listens to the podcast and he'll go unnamed famously got head during the matrix revolutions and in our friend group because at the again we were at that point what uh, i was in eighth grade or ninth grade like it it was the movie was of all of them the third one is absolutely the most opaque as i recall because the whole reason i got the dvd of matrix reloaded is that the The, chasing cars the 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 centerpiece of that film is one of the most fucking incredible action sequences ever made ever. They famously built like two miles of freeway to shoot this fucking, it's so crazy. And the third one, I remember being like, there's a lot of Jesus-y stuff, and my friend got blown during it. I thought that was part of like so the, your favorite. the mythos. Your favorite of the franchise. I don't think my favorite. I didn't get blown during it. But okay. I remember being like, wow, it's it's cool that my friend... But it is a, a blowable movie, I guess? Well, I think the equivalent for me... Mm. 
is that me and my high school, one of my high school girlfriends would sneak into Sin City to make out during Sin City. You guys have fucking twisted. twisted. We were like, we were the fucking little jack offs listening to, you know, artsy music and Mm -hmm. being very, I like film. And that was such a movie, such a, it's a real wankathon. You know, Robert Rodriguez is like a wanker's wank. The man yeah. is like wank squared, but like that movie is a lot of fun, and uh, I think it had so much uh, twisted. It's... Look, we didn't have Joker when I was no. in high school. Well, you did. Not well, the twisted we one, did, though. but not the good one. You had like the, the Todd Phillips Joker, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. All I have are negative matrixes. Yeah, you had uh, Jack Nick Jack Nicholson. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Shut up. I hate that. I'm so He's sorry. He's so good in that. He's the best part of that movie. No. He's awesome. God. The whole thing about him getting paid like a fucking, like a yeah. Saudi <laughs> oil baron. <laughs> <laughs> he made out like a bat. You can listen. To, we did the bat verse. We're he doing made the bat verse. Fucking insane amount of money doing that. Do you think anyone in this movie did that? I feel That's like a great question. The Matrix like, is everywhere, and if they made the right deal, I guess. But War- if you're Warner Brothers, how in the world? No, you don't let that deal do happen like, twice. Well, no, certainly all those all the deals you read about, like the George Lucas merchandising deal, shit, like so crazy, yes. where it's like that's never happening again. But no, putting that on the on the side for a minute. I mean, like, how, yeah, how much do you put into the Matrix? They, they clearly at the time this was this technological marvel, but like, it's kind of credit to fucking Warner Brothers because like. They swung so hard at this, and there's a million worlds where no major studio would dump money into like a relatively original. No, what's interesting too is like you know, kung fu and anime are totally niche genres. Like in America, I would I don't know how to have the numbers or the experience or really any information at all. But I feel like kung fu is not a movie style that most American kids are watching. Some are. But, like, that and anime are, are like, 10% of the population know that shit. And yet, this was the biggest movie of the year, and it was basically just a live-action anime. Okay, we have to find out if it actually was the biggest movie okay, of the year. maybe it wasn't. Because 99 was a crazy year. But culturally, it had probably the biggest impact of the next Well, that's the thing. Five like, years. I think it, it is the movie of this century as, like, so far. Like, do, you think, I think, do you think its sequels killed its power? I think its sequels... I think objectively, the the narrative complexity of the sequels dampened dramatically the overall impact of the series. And I'm, I'm trying to say that fairly. I'm not criticizing the movies. They just obviously get increasingly less easy to parse yeah. as the world gets more complex. We'll get to them. Yeah. We'll so I, I, that's I think, what we do on this podcast, by the way. We watch the movies. We watch the, We start with the Matrix. We go to the Matrix Revolution. Well, no. 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 We go oh. to the Animatrix because it technically came out a few months before. And then we come to the big finale. The new Matrix movie. So, And we skipped the ma- we skipped one. We only mentioned four of them. I'm saying we start the one. Yes, and we, of course we reloaded. Okay. Biggest movies. Don't worry, everyone. We're going to do reloaded. Th- this was such a crazy year for movies. You're going to shit out of your dick when you hear these movies. <laughs> I've been waiting to do I know. that. This was the fifth biggest movie of the year. Damn. Wait, okay. 99? 99. Damn. And again, like, uh, there's a whole fucking podcast about this year in movies. It's an insane year for movies. Number one, a little film I like to call. What do you like to call it? So wooed, the fan, the most successful independent film ever made, Star Wars Episode One: The oh Phantom Menace, Mazel Tov. Second movie, can you guess the second biggest movie? Ninety nine. I'll give you a hint. Okay, I need Bruce a hint. Willis was dead the whole time. Oh wow, that's also weird. I feel like horror does well, but never really. Well, uh, this has yeah, made Sha- Shyamalan six... can will still get a job no matter how many. Yeah, the movie was uh, the rest of Shyamalan movies. Great. How much yeah. was that? I, we're not going to go into it, but that budget must have been tiny for that fucking thing too. It's not an expensive movie. No, it's people it's in brilliant. rooms talking. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, the special effects are people with makeup on. Also, it's the sixth sense yeah. for everyone who's not on the know. Numero trace. Oh, behave! That's right. It's Austin Powers, the spy who shagged oh, me. Oh my god. So again, talk about uh, God, called, like, franchising. The only only the sixth sense has avoided that in the top five. Number four, maybe the best. Se- some would some would argue the best sequel of all time, The Godfather Part Three. No, no, that piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Toy Story Two. Oh, really? People would argue that. I think some people would say that's the that's like the best definition of a sequel. Okay, 
I don't necessarily agree, but I'm saying I don't know the, that I've seen it. To be honest, you no, I, there's I've no seen universe, it. and we'll get through. So the Matrix number five. Uh, then of course, really, hey, movie of our century. I take it back. It's Tarzan, baby. The Disney movie? Tarzan, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh then Big Daddy, Sandman. The fucking Sandman is unstoppable. You can throw I everything you Sandman. want. I hate you're, the yeah, Sandman. Yeah, because you're uh, anti-Semitic. Yeah. Then the Mummy. God, what? A, then what? Runaway Bride. Wait, the Mummy. The With Blair ben Witch Project. Eleven. Notting Hill. Twelve. The World Is Not Enough. Okay, thirteen. Double Jeopardy. That now the train comes to a halt. I have no fucking recollection of that movie. <laughs> How did that do well? That's crazy. That movie's so bad. Fourteen. Wild Wild West. Fifteen. Analyze this. Sixteen. The General's Daughter. Yeah, you should see her. Uh, Seventeen. You like, know what a pussy hole feel like. Oh, like an pie. American pie. Damn, what a year. Number 18, Inspector Gadget. 19, Shakespeare in Love. A movie, one of those movies that I thought was good because it like, won Oscars. And as a kid, everyone's like, uh, yeah, it's a period piece. It's good. That movie is fucking terrible. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Not good. Number 20, Sleepy Hollow. God. Wait, did you already say Fight Club? No, F- Fight Club, I don't think. Didn't I don't do think, well. It didn't, not at the time. Yeah. Ice Wide Shot at number 40. Wow. Yeah, fucking 99 is nuts. Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo. Fight All Club right. number 56. Damn. All right, well, we are, we are not doing that podcast. We're doing a different podcast. But it's important for our listeners to understand. Yeah. This movie was released into a fucking avalanche of, of movies that had huge impacts. Yeah, top five. Very crazy. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the actors. Please don't get me started on these because actors. Uh yeah, we're getting near the MVP time. So it's so hard. I've it's honestly so like hard. there was a moment where I almost gave it to Switch, who is a person like I never even think about, but there's just something about everyone's energy in this movie that is just locked in. And maybe it's because I've seen it so many times and I love it so much, but like Joey Pants is crushing. Joey Pants okay, I, I want let's start with Joey. Okay. okay. Um I think Cypher is bad guy is something I remember being a, as a kid and like th- that's sort of really like w- we live in a, such a morally underdeveloped part of the world that I think like there's never any impetus to really explore Cypher more deeply mm. other than he betrayed he's the yeah. Judas who freaking betrayed Morpheus and and watching it now it's like it's amazing. It's it's like no, you can't fucking blame this guy. His life fucking sucks. Yeah, and also he, he promised us freedom, and like that line really hit. Like uh, he promised us freedom, but I, all I do is what Morpheus says all the fucking time. And it's like I I don't remember if Morpheus's character really gets that deep later, but that idea of a man so like bent on this this fate and the prophecy and trying to do good. That he actually ends up maybe not doing good. Well, he, I mean, also, as we learn about the Matrix in subsequent movies, he's very much part of its own locked in cycle of, yeah, you know, which is fascinating. And he's essentially a religious zealot in that world because Cypher, he, he has very real material complaints yeah, about the life he, that they live. Right. They eat fucking goop. They live in a fucking metal coffin that's constantly at siege from the, the freaking Sentinel guys. Uh, uh, Trinity, not interested. Mm-mm. Chase the beard. I wouldn't want to kiss that little beard. The beard. Also, I found his necklace distracting. This watch. It He's was so tight. Very tight little necklace, <laughs> and it's got four little beads on it. And it's just. It's like I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I we went to very real Billy Bob Thornton in real life energy. Yeah, from that gen, from Cipher's whole vibe. Do you think I would? I I thought about. It. I like neck wear. And now that I don't really wear shirts with collars anymore, and I don't wear ties, even though I love ties, what do you think about a necklace? I think I'm all for necklaces. What kind of necklace? I we went to the this winter market and well, the, hold on, hold on. You watch you watched uh, the curb recent curb mm-hmm. Leon's shirt, yeah, with the two necklaces, the two chains over it, yeah. I think a simple, elegant chain sometimes. You know, I don't know that I can pull off a chain. I think if you're I've not never, like trying to f- overly flex. I'm definitely not going to do that. Yeah, you can't. You're no. very small. I'm tiny. You couldn't flex that hard. I wasn't sure if... Obviously, I wouldn't want to do a tight like choker thing or like one of those things from the 90s that just looked like... Uh, I don't know what they were made out like of. Like you're about to go to an S&M they club. They looked like those those finger traps. Yeah. Um, but just around your neck. I never I, liked yeah. those. Um, I, But I don't know. I, I can't do leather. And then I saw some post about plastic leather is plastic, and that's bad, so... 
I feel like when I think about plastic leather, all I think about is some accident happening where you've like fused some pants to your legs somehow. Oh, I would never. You're imagining me wearing plastic leather pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Cypher belts, does it. belts and. Cypher does it. It's true. It looks really. But yes, yeah, so you were saying you were at the fucking. Yeah, we went to the, the, the market where there's lots of jewelry, lots of cool artists. We got a table, got some presents for the fam. But there were lots of necklaces, and I was like, is this my moment? Is this? I have this. It reminded me of when I was like seven years old, and I really wanted to wear a ring. I don't think I've told you this story. But um, you remember in like a grocery store, they have like the bubble gum. You put in a quarter, you get like a toy or a sticker. There was one that was a ring. And I was like, I snuck off with my little quarter and I bought a ring. And then I wore it once and everyone made fun of me and I never wore it again. That's sad. Yeah, it was really I remember sad. When, when, you know... It was this nice purple stone. I, it's funny you should mention this because, you know, because we're getting real here for a minute. Listeners, again, you can hit that little fast forward button. Yeah. It's like 15 seconds at a time. It's a, it's a modern miracle. Um, when I got engaged to my first fiance in a very ill-advised move, uh, I wore an engagement ring for a while. And people thought it was fucking weird. And I'm sure it looked weird because like in our culture, men don't usually wear engagement rings mm-hmm. or really gaudy jewelry at all. But to me at the time... It really was the symbol of like I'm really serious about this thing, and I, I'm not. I don't care if what it looks like. I'm really serious about it, and I'm going to show that. I'm going to like wear this as like an indication of that. Yeah, but I'm sure at the time it was like, what the fuck is up with Josh? Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird how we, we we need this the Matrix overhaul. We need to be able to fly around, you know, and whether it's wearing <laughs> rings or wearing rings. Well, it's fun to watch it this time and be like. Yeah, they're like going into this world as their avatars, what they think looks cool. They and like that, it's so much fun where it's like they, they let you – it's just a complaint canvas. And it's so much fun to think about. We're like, yeah. well, what would I do? So that's what I'm saying. They created this like endlessly generative concept. And you do get why this had such a fucking overwhelming impact on the way people look at the world. Yeah. And I'm going to – I'm just going to suggest something. It's not – I want you to tell me you can kick this back if you don't want to. We've done – MVKs, MVDs. I sort of want to do MVH, Most Valuable Haircut. I mean, but I also don't want that. I mean, I don't want to. It's it, Trinity, right? I mean, that's like <laughs> the like the waterboard. Isn't that what that's called? I hate that haircut. She is like the least. no, it's the olive oil. It's like <laughs> she's got the fucking greasy olive oil. Like I'm not saying I like it the most. I'm it's saying it's the weird, most okay. like unavoidable. Like whoa, it looks like there's like a mop of like black oil. Yeah, like it's, it's so, so cool. everyone else's haircut is like. For me, cool. Like I would want anyone else's haircut, and then Trinity looks like she's been dunked in a like a mel- half melted cool. candle. It's such a statement haircut. It is. You know, I think maybe I'll get around. Unfortunately, not giving Switch MVP, but I might give Switch MVH. Excellent haircut, no question. Great haircut. Uh, the only one who wears white instead of black. Whoa, yeah. what does that mean? There's a whole fucking book about that. I'm sure. Probably. Why is Switch wearing? But yeah, it's funny that like there's a kind of I don't know. I wonder, and this is just more armchair speculating, because I'm sitting in an armchair speculating. Yeah. But, like, you know, part of my growing up Jewish and, and the way I engaged with Judaism and the stories of Judaism were very much these are, I, like, stories that are meant to be analyzed and not taken literally. Yeah. And then I look there in, in our deeply secular culture, I'm thinking about like Twin Peaks and the Matrix and whatever. There, there, there is a certain kind of fandom that, that has to engage with everything as literally as possible. Right. And I, I find, I really feel, I'm certain that the Wachowskis do not really think the ultimate vision of this film is that it should be taken as literally as possible. No. I would be shocked to think that. But I was thinking, what's so amazing, their ability to audience surrogate us with the main character is amazing. Yeah. And that that is actually a coup in filmmaking. Because you think about Speed Racer as well. Both The Matrix and Speed Racer are about you are in a system that's built to make you compromise and fail and cheat you and make you like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. And most movies, you know, there is an audience surrogate character watching the action happen. And in both of those movies, I think, and again, I would argue, I think I like Speed Racer more than The Matrix. I think so, too. I mean, they're both, for me, like, five stars. Oh, they're both. Yeah, yeah, we're we're negotiating over, you know, but, like, they're both movies about, like, you know, people doing extraordinary things despite 
seemingly immovable forces of authority and power saying that it, it can it can't happen. I think the interesting difference between the two is in the moment that they share the this is going to happen moment. Um, in the Matrix, I am like happy. I'm like smiling, like oh my god, he is the one. This is fucking awesome. And in Speed Racer, I'm crying. Yeah. I have joy. Right. And like, it's weird that the exact same moment basically can hit so differently because of everything else that's surrounding it. Yeah. But I don't cry in The Matrix. I'm, I'm just like, when this movie is so, like, I'm watching it this time. I imagine they, like, expert edition where they just cut out 30 minutes where they explain what The Matrix is. Not that it's a bad scene, but I sort of wonder what this would flow if. Because now we all know what the Matrix is. If we just like if sort Michael of... Mann made the Matrix, <laughs> yeah, There's lots of people on phone, like on cell phone conversations at the same time, <laughs> yeah. But like if we just went from you know he follows the White Rabbit, he meets Carrie Ann Moss, he gets in the car, he has the cool scene with his mouth, that all that shit happens. He wakes up in the Nebuchadnezzar, and then we go right to Kung Fu. You know. Like, not that that would be a better movie, but now that I just know this movie beat for beat, I just wonder how this movie would feel if it were 20 minutes shorter, cut out the exposition scene, and just, like, got to the beats. So, I don't feel great about this, but you did bring up the length of the movie, and maybe you could confirm for viewers before we started. Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. Before we started. Oh, my God. I this just is don't ridiculous. Wanna, I just don't want to. I just. Because it happened today, I don't want to forget it. Oh we'll God. put on the record. God. Before the movie, you know, Charles okay, goes, I, oh, I think it's 90 minutes. I didn't say that. So like an hour I said, oh, I think it's 90 minutes. Yeah. Sorry. Russell Crowe was also here. I said, what is this? Hour 45? And Josh slapped me. With my penis. Got up from his. Yeah. And he's like, no, this is, walk. this is too. F- oh, it's big. That's the. Uh, yeah. I said wow. two hour, 15 minutes. And then I clicked on the MKV file. And yeah, I said, you're right. I, I it was two sixteen twenty or something, but like I, I really, yeah, I was really proud of that. Yeah, I just and like you got that it was in nineteen ninety nine, not nineteen ninety eight. So you're doing yeah. better than me today. Well, you know, again, sometimes the the day our age difference shows. Yeah, and in this thing, yeah. like your atrophying brain filled with holes that you're just pouring alcohol directly into I to wish. further deaden That'd your be senses. So cool. That'd be so cool. Matrix two. Yeah. Would you want to take a sip out of that jug with Cypher? You sipping out the jug in when I first saw tank juice or dozer juice. So I'm not going to go into my dad's shit again, but like I think part of the reason why he doesn't like this is that it is very like drug influenced. Like the scene where he takes the pill and then stares into a mirror and touches it, and he's like, "Whoa!" You seen the meme where uh, there's a red pill and a blue pill? Oh my god, what are you doing? And they're both gone. And it's a photo of like two hippies really fucked up. That's basically yeah. Pills. That's funny. I like yeah. that one. I um, I feel like when I first saw this movie, I was scared of drugs. So the idea of drinking uh, booze from a watering can with Cipher scared me. Yeah. But now, fifteen years later, whatever, twenty years later, this piece of shit will drink anything with anyone, <laughs> anywhere, anytime. Dude, I would so be friends. Also, I've been watching way too much Survivor, so now everything I watch is like, oh, this is sort of like Survivor. Um, Cipher. And I would definitely make an alliance. Definitely. And he'd probably backstab me. Yeah. Kill me. But but I find his monologue, his two monologues are fucking That's fantastic. what I want to talk about. Both the, the, the iconic steakhouse scene, which is like... Can I say something legend. about that scene? Which I'm sure more... I'm not the first person to maybe talk around this, but I might be the first... Might be the first person to say this. I like that this scene can't exist. You know, because the whole idea is, how is he jacking in to meet with an agent without Bowser or Tank knowing. Dowser? What's his name? Dozer. Dozer. Because basically the idea is you have to be jacked in and jacked out. You can't do it yourself. So this whole concept of him having a secret meeting with an agent really can't actually exist. But I love that this is a fucking story. It doesn't fucking matter how it happens. Like We as audience members need to know what's going on. So they create this perfect sequence where we don't see him jack in and out. We just see the scene. And, you know, some fucking loser can later be like, how did he go to that restaurant without Bowser knowing that he was there? Shut the fuck Shut up. The fuck up it's, a movie. it's a fucking steak scene. It's one of the greatest scenes of the 20th century. I remember some jack off on, on some forum being like, like dispelling the 
it makes sense to harvest humans for electrical power thing. Mm, I was it like, does, yeah. It's a fucking movie. Do you remember the f- first? Because the advertising was good. I remember. The advertising was insane. Where it was like, what is the And ma- again, just everyone who's listening, you remember probably. This was 99. This was the year of the Blair Witch advertising campaign, which right. was at the also, time the craziest thing ever. Yeah. Everyone was losing their minds about that fucking movie. Yeah. For good reason. It's it's another perfect movie. So when you get to the scene where they're like, Neo, you're, you've come here asking the question. And he's like, yeah, what's the Matrix? It's an amazing feat of marketing that the audience knew what that question... Like, they were asking too. We were all asking what is the Matrix because of the marketing campaign for this movie. So that scene... We want to know what the Matrix is. We know yeah. to ask the question like Neo does. It's just like the way that we, you were talking about how he's a surrogate for us. It's amazing. They got us to also be like, what is the Matrix? I can't fucking wait to know. That same burning well, desire. And, and that burning desire. And it's also like, the, it's like the most brilliant possible raising of stakes where the answer to that question is the answer to reality itself. Yeah. And, you know, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. And, Again, talk about a movie that that gleefully pisses on authenticity as a concept that has any value. It, it then proceeds to put together a, like a clip show of like a million other things that have asked this question in different ways, but does it in a way that feels like the the summation of all of these questions into this very forward looking piece of art. That, that again, it feels it, it could have come out yesterday. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. This movie is amazing. Like we were t- I was talking earlier about how like it's a kung fu movie, which is pretty rare for American audiences, and it's an amazing kung fu movie. The fight scenes are so well choreographed. Like I remember. The like where he punches him, Smith stops him, and then he extends his fingers and hits him in the throat. Like that's like such a simple gesture, and it's it feels so good every time I watch that scene in the subway. That's like one of the best choreographed fight scenes ever. Yeah, and normally we're complaining our fucking little butts off about the length of movies, but this is one of those movies where every scene you're like, oh hell yeah, it's this scene. Right, it's <laughs> like it's every amazing. One, it's nuts. And I don't know if that's just because I watched it so many times while I was younger and could enjoy. Mm, I remember those days. Things. Yes. But it's true. It's like I I talked earlier about like cutting this down, but no, I don't. I love the exposition. That scene where you like it flies into the TV. We see the current world. We learn what the Matrix is. That that's I know what the Matrix is. I know it, but I like relearning it every time I watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. From start to this movie, it just it's like it's so fun to watch a movie. I was talking earlier about how movies aren't really cool anymore, and like it's fun to see a movie that this stylized with the cinematography like every shot is giant shadows and like things that aren't shouldn't be in focus are in focus and of course bullet time and just like this movie looks so cool every scene is so good it's just i I just fucking love this movie and it's also deeply fucking human every performance is great that being said we can't just wax rhapsodic the entire time so do you have an mvh or do you do you care about i'm giving it to fucking i think trinity's oily ass (laughs) olive oil (laughs) fucking haircut it's my least favorite but i admire the pick it's not about it being favorite no no it's that's the iconic hair because Keanu yeah. Reeves, bless him. That's everyone's hair. Th- well, that's very much Keanu's hair. Like, that's Neo looks like Keanu. And, but I think, like, and that's his incredible power as an actor, I would argue. But, like, He's I think for, for Carrie Ann Moss, she she becomes Trinity in this right. movie. Right. She's like a Nokia phone of hair. Beautifully put. Yeah. Okay. So, who's your, and you're going to stick with Switch for? For MVH. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. MVP, I'm going to give it to Gloria Foster as the Oracle. We haven't t- talked about. I know, that but scene. we can't. Do, we, we can't talk about every scene of the Matrix. No, but it's give a us a little movie. bit of why you, you you like that scene and like that person. Imagine you're tasked with portraying someone who knows everything. I don't even know. I don't know how you do that. I really, genuinely don't know. As someone well, who, like, Josh, you knew the runtime of the Matrix. You knew what year it came yeah, out. You're pretty I'm close. Come on, I'm not machine. Yeah, but you're pretty close at knowing everything. Look, I'm a machine in the bed. I'm yeah. a machine in the studio. Okay. Producing right. radio. But everything else, very Just human. wet. Just wet. Yeah. Um, no, I think she, the choice to have her be this powerful maternal figure whose omniscience is unquestionable from the second she looks at Neo. It's, it's just a masterful performance. And talk about, look, uh, there should be a podcast just about one-seeners. 
because some of them, my favorite, like, just a rundown of the best one scene performances in in film. Obviously, yes, Al Pacino in Geely. He's on the list. Obviously, he shows yeah. up for that one scene. I think he shoots someone and yells a lot. It's great. Mm-hmm. But no, I think uh, there's all this hype about going to the Oracle, and he right. sits in the waiting room and sees these fucking weird kids doing crazy ass shit, and it's like fucked up the spoon thing or whatever. Oh and then uh, we meet the Oracle, and she's so cool. Also, this I didn't check the runtime, but like this feels like the halfway point, which yeah is completely surrounded by lunatics like doing the craziest way to do their dialogue, like. Hugo Weaving is just like oh, Mister. Like it's everyone is wild, and then oh, we could talk for an hour about Weaving, who's yeah. fucking amazing in this. But then uh, really, really fucking amazing. In who's this. the who's the person who plays the Oracle? Gloria Gloria Foster. She's just like a fucking person, and it's like, wait, this is the omniscient person in the movie is my mom. Yeah, and everyone else is like reading <laughs> Shakespeare badly, but it works. But like, and then this is the supposed to be the most fateful part of this movie, and it's like. Oh, she's baking cookies and she's a cool lady. Right, but then also she, you know, when she says "poor Morpheus," and like all of a sudden Ugh. this guy who to Neo is like the right. most powerful guy in the world, and people look up to Morpheus, and but to the Oracle, she's like, oh, you know, the, that poor human flawed Morpheus. He's really going to torture himself again yeah. with this, and and they're just saying like for all of the austerity, people remember this movie as being so austere, and I guess what I'm trying to say is watching it this time, I was struck at how warm and human and relatable everyone is, even the bad guys. But then the Oracle in the middle of all this doing her sort of mixture of a uh, 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 checking with your physician mixed with a therapy session mixed with visiting your mom yeah and and she just does it with this perfect authority and this this clarity and it's just a it's a stellar performance she's asked to do something really hard for one scene come into play the most knowledgeable like character in this world and that's it and she just fucking rails it out of the park and again tipping point halfway action of the movie the reason morpheus is captured is because he's risking it to go bring neo to the oracle so it's huge in both ways she's a linchpin character and i think she her performance is perfect and it is just agonizing that she passed away Mm. before returning later in the series and i i you know we're gonna see what happens to it. I like that they like used it as a Doctor Who style. Like, oh, we're all you know. It doesn't matter who the the Oracle is, but definitely the first Oracle actor is better than the second one. I'm gonna give it to Cipher. I, I mean, obviously, it's it's a. I mean, I love your pick. I think it's it's a it's a very nice moment in this movie to meet that character. Cipher is us. Is he's so fucking good at this and it's crazy. It's, it makes so much sense that his career doesn't really go very well. Like he is cypher. Well, Joey pants has had a gr- an incredible, I know, career. but like he has always st- work. What is he covered? Has he started in th- anything? You Joey pants is not a, I, he's a character. Actor. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's we agree. I'm just saying like he doesn't, it's become, not cypher's fault that he, no, but I'm just saying like, he doesn't not become a leading man out of this. He becomes, more Joey Pants, which is why he's so good in this movie. He was perfectly cast, and he played it very well. Everything about it, like I didn't go into this movie expecting to give it to him, but Joey Pants, he won my heart. He's fucking fantastic. He's amazing. It? Like you know, he he makes an argument that is convincing, that is real, that is fully fledged, that is undeniable, and he fully inhabits it. And he's not fucking you know. It's fun to we obviously love to do a big Joey Pants because like he's got big Joey Pants energy, but mm. like. He, you know, he shows up and, and and in many ways is the most vulnerable person in the film who's like, I can't do this. Which is why I almost gave it to Hugo Weaving, because he, as a robot, is also one of the most vulnerable characters. Like, that's a funny thing is our big three, Trinity, Neo, and uh, Morpheus, are juggernauts on the fate train. And then they meet this robot who's like, I'm fucking deranged. Like, I hate it here so much. And I think if he goes batshit in the next two, which I'm very looking forward to. But, like, Sif, the bad guys in this movie are so much more interesting than the good guys. And I think that leads me to, I'm not asking when will it end, even though I do think this is a perfect standalone movie. I think it also has so much potential and so many places to go. And I'm excited to see what happens next. Me too. I, I want to fall in love with this series for the first time because I think that, like, a lot of young people this got away from me pretty quickly after the middle of the second movie. And 
I am the first to admit that that was a long time ago, and I cannot wait to watch more of these movies. I know at least, I, uh, Emily, if you're listening, I think you are, you said you were going to watch these for the first time for the for the podcast. Wait, and I, Emily I, I know? No, different Emily. Oh, okay. No, that Emily does not listen. This is other Emily. Yeah, I didn't think so. We have East Coast Emily and West Coast Emily. Nice. This is West Coast Emily. Great. She's kind of a powerhouse from SF. Really? The Bay. Ever heard God. of it? No. Wait, yeah. Yeah. I think so. San Francisco. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm hoping people can watch this. If, if you have not watched The Matrix before, this is a great time to watch it. That would be the so fourth movie, wild. Look, the fourth movie could be a complete fucking train wreck. It would still be the most interesting movie that's come out in a long time because yeah. like, I'm just fascinated by it. It's such a cool... Like, what, was 2003? Was the second and third ones? The second and third came out, I believe, the Six same year. Apart. Yeah, like, bam, bam. I remember... This is how old I am, the old these movies are. Like, I had to go to appletrailer.com or like, I had to go to, to get this trailer from an Apple back in 2003. Like, I don't Steve Job, I put a thousand, 10,000 song in your pocket. Sure did. And he put the Matrix, put Matrix in the pocket too. I was obsessed with that trailer. I couldn't wait to see it. And then I was like, That was the world. You these, and the world. These people are goo. That was basically my response to the seeing the second one in theaters. Yeah. Why did it look like goo? Well, look, uh, if you've enjoyed the show, thank you for listening. We're going to sweat it up and freaking Zion in the next episode. So mm. bring bring some movement pants and condoms. Right. Glow sticks. Because it's going to get fucky. <laughs> we get a little kissy kiss in this one. <laughs> next step, there's going to be fucky fucky. Y- Is there? Yes. Yep. Yes. It's one of the most fucky. famous sex scenes in movie history yeah. that I think, like a lot of sex scenes, was made fun of a lot at the time. Yeah. And probably now, as a big adult man with my knowledgeable brow that I that I stuff with facts from leather-bound books, I'll be probably moved to the core. I don't think they, they don't fuck the little holes, right? I feel like they should. You I think would. they should just sort of uh, ram their ports into each other? Well, that was my big complaint about Avatar. They didn't fuck the... the, the, the the, the That's not how the Navi fuck. They fuck with the the the, the their the mouths and sentient penises. dreadlock <laughs> embrace. No, that's what I'm saying. But the, anyway, I I I feel like when he touches his new okay, let's hole... save some of this. We'll we'll talk about the many holes <sighs> of the Matrix movies in our next episode. Thank you for listening. We have a Patreon too. You know it exists. We love you. Yeah. And until next time. Hmm, what's this gonna be? Uh, follow the White Rabbit. Uh, you're Neo. Uh, no, on, yeah. Goodbye. Yeah.